Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Artificial intelligence is working its way into all aspects of pharmaceutical companies' operations. While much attention has been given to the role these systems can play in drug discovery, IQVIA sees a significant opportunity to use them to transform the area of regulatory compliance. We spoke to Ronan Brown, Senior Vice President and Head of IQVIA Integrated Global Compliance, about the role AI systems can play in improving flagging returns on investment in R&D by allowing regulatory departments to operate more efficiently, break down data silos within pharmaceutical companies that hamper performance, and allow companies to focus less on rote work and more on their regulatory strategies. Ronan, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me on. We're going to talk about regulatory compliance, which may be an area that's not well understood outside of the folks who directly are involved with it. I I thought that the work IQVIA is is interesting because it, it gets at the way artificial intelligence and machine learning systems have the potential to transform all aspects of the, of the pharmaceutical industry. We, we hear a lot about how data silos impede research, but I don't think people tend to think of this problem as it exists within a company on the regulatory side of the business. How big a problem is the creation of data silos in terms of regulatory compliance? Daniel, that's a great question. And it's, you know, the one that we have been wrestling with in terms of solutions because uh, it, it is a growing problem. I think it has always been an issue at um, uh, healthcare and pharmaceutical companies, but um, with the huge increase in regulatory requirements, um, changing regulations, additional regulations, um, it is a growing problem. And, um, you know, most companies have set up uh, systems, very, they're very point solution base. So the safety group will have their system, regulatory teams have their system, well, have multiple systems, whether it's a publishing system, a tracking system, uh, validation systems can be different. And then the quality systems are also independent. So none of them connect 
Um, and so that, you know, there's a lot of duplication in terms of cross-referencing, uh, duplicate entry of uh, data, uh, and it makes it very hard. And the administration of regulatory and compliance reporting, uh, a lot of work goes into um, trying to ensure that the data is connected and clean so that the um, submissions are timely and of good quality. As you think broadly about the, the range of challenges companies face with regards to compliance and keeping up with changing regulations and all of the high volume data they touch, what are some of the other challenges? Well, I think the key one really is around um, the evolving regulatory requirements. I mean, if you think about uh, marketing a product in 150 countries, and each country has a different set of requirements when it comes to frequency and data that they require, either on safety or of a product or something as simple as a manufacturing change or a label change. And having to do that across multiple products um, that are on the market at multiple dose levels is a huge burden on companies. I mean, the larger pharmaceutical companies have teams of over 2,000 people working in this space. And a lot of what they do is, uh, uh, in the regulatory operations, is collating information, sifting it from various different sources, validating that to make sure that it's accurate, and then understanding what the requirements are for the submissions at every country. As I, I think about the types of data that a, a regulatory department might touch, uh, I, th I think of a lot of unstructured data, uh, things that don't lend themselves to automation. How labor intensive is this area of work and, and what's the opportunity to use artificial intelligence and, and machine learning to improve efficiencies and reduce time and cost? So uh, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, one thing that uh, is quite surprising to many people is that even in a clinical trial setting nowadays, 70% of the data uh, doesn't come through the traditional case report form. Um, it scans, um, it's direct lab feeds, um, it's connected devices increasingly as we start to use them in clinical studies. So there's a huge amount of unstructured data. Um, and this is where you know machine learning and AI becomes really important because um, certainly NLP can be used to extract information um, from these unstructured datas, um, catalog it, and then put it in a format that can be used in traditional safety and regulatory systems. And I think that is where we see huge benefits from from the use of uh, the more advanced uh, technologies in this space. The pharmaceutical industry has long wrought its hands over drug development efficiency and return on investment. The regulatory area is often overlooked as a place where improvements can translate into better returns. Uh, what's the opportunity for improving regulatory processes to improve uh, a return on investment? Uh, you know, 
it, it is an area that has traditionally been, I wouldn't say ignored, but uh, there's been a, um, in a, a reticence to dabble. And one of the reasons is because regulatory groups traditionally, you know, um, said that they are the gatekeeper of any interaction with an agency. And that is absolutely critical pharmaceutical companies in terms of their development and their ongoing relationships around products that they map, that they um, have marketed. Um, the reality is of those teams working in regulatory groups, the majority of them are doing more transactional regulatory operations rather than the high value strategic uh, interactions with both internal development teams in terms of planning out what that regulatory pathway plan looks like to achieve certain labels and reimbursement um, and then interactions with the agencies to um, check that they are okay with that. The majority of the work comes down to more than mundane things, as I mentioned earlier, label changes, um, routine safety reports, manufacturing changes, uh, and then regular updates. Um, and so there is a huge, huge um, benefit to looking at this area from a cost perspective because um, while many areas of pharma have looked at a uh, uh, have addressed their um, their cost base through a variety of means whether it's uh, using outsourcing providers or um, changing how they run studies with things like virtual studies and, um, uh, and trying to address some of those aspects of how they work the regulatory environment has really been left out of that up until now. And as you see, the costs associated with the maintenance of regulatory activities are increasing every year. And, you know, one particular industry in terms of the med tech industry, um, you know, has a huge, huge uh, hurdle in front of them with some of the adoption of the uh, European regulations requiring much more regulatory reporting of safety events and updates. So they, they are now looking at these areas and saying, how can we reduce our cost and um, still maintain the regulatory requirements for reporting and quality? Because there's obviously major financial um, uh, penalties for not being able to uh, meet them. IQVIA has developed a, a regulatory information management platform. This is IQVIA RimSmart. What's the range of things this does? So, so RimSmart is a, is a modular system that really brings together a lot of elements uh, within the regulatory group that, um, to, to try and streamline the activities of a regulatory professional. So this spans regulatory information data. So, um, you know, up to the minute uh, information on the requirements, reporting requirements, templates and um, fees for any country. Um, and then aligning that to a publicate publishing and validation module so that you can create all your dossiers and submissions um, and validate them and publish them as well as um, planning, a planning module so that you can actually work through the various um, scenarios around 
which countries at what time frame and what's required um, for submissions, through to correspondence and um, communication with the agencies, logging those and automating some of the workflows. So as requests come in, individuals are then flagged uh, activities that have to be completed, information that they will need is um, pre-populated, um, and really kind of streamlining that whole workflow between individuals in that regulatory group. Now, the, the RIM system built for the re regulatory professionals, where we see this evolving and where we're working towards is connecting that system to safety systems and quality systems across the com uh, company. So therefore, the information and the workflow between those groups um, can be streamlined. What are the, the range of sources of information that are feeding into it? And, and how automated is that process? How much of it has to be hand-entered and how much of it is just scouring other sources? So I think there's two key areas really for um, that feed into a RIM system. One is the regulatory intelligence from a, at a country level what people require for reporting. And then obviously at the core uh, of any company is a data lake with a document management system so that you can actually upload documents. If you think about preparing a dossier for something like a IND or an MAA, just as, a, as an example, there are multiple documents from all different parts of the organization, whether it's clinical study reports, whether it's certificate analysis for manufacturing, um, which information has to be extracted from those documents and then built into the dossier in certain areas um, to fill that out. So automating and using NLP to extract that information is where we see a huge um, uh, leap forward in terms of uh, streamlining and taking some of the manual process out of uh, out of the system. And how is the system actually used within a company? How does it integrate with the workflow? So it's interesting. Um, when you think about systems um, on their own, they can um, facilitate certain activities but really as you point out the processes behind it is you know needs to be tackled at the same time so uh, as an example if you if there's a change in a manufacturing process generally that is then logged in a um, cmc system and there is a uh, in most companies there will be a notification through to the regulatory there has been a change and this may require some regulatory reporting. But that is normally the SharePoint or an email system. Um, where we see the future evolving and what we're working towards is linking the systems so that there's an automatic notification and um, you can even use the system to prompt an individual to then uh, either look at which system, which countries are affected pulling product registration information directly into the system to know where you are marketing your product and therefore what updates are required. 
and in that way you streamline uh, the workflow between two disparate groups and on the other side when you've done that submission you can actually feed the information back to the CMC team to say that it has been done that these updates have been made which at the moment again is very manual and doesn't happen automatically and how do you expect this to change the way work is done? Um, I think what um, where we see this evolving is that more of the regulatory professionals can focus on the higher value um, tasks, uh, which, you know, in most uh, executives' eyes are working directly with the regulators and the development teams around you know, what the requirements are to develop a new product, whether they're acceptable, um, if the data that they would produce would be admissible, and then, you know, what kind of labels they can get. That is the real core of regulatory strategy. And I think that is where, by freeing up time from some of the administrative and information sharing activities, um, and also, you know, the QC and the pulling the information in, the individuals in regulatory can then focus on these really high value tasks. And um, I think there is also a cost saving at the end of the day, as you reduce the number of people required to touch information um, while maintaining that quality. And are there examples of how companies are using this to, to do things differently? And, and has it shown to impact time or cost or staffing? Yeah, number of yeah, absolutely there are. I mean, it is a very early emerging technology in this space, but, um, you know, we have one company at the moment that is using uh, uh, RNLP to autocode um, adverse events uh, in Medra. And so they've reduced the time uh, that it takes to do this um, by about 50%. Um, so uh, that is one example. Uh, the other one, using a system like RimSmart, when it comes to publishing um, and pulling, having easy access to the regular information um, intelligence in terms of what's required, we've seen a reduction in time to uh, publish a document, generally taking four to five days um, in most companies by the time validated the information, checked what the regulatory requirements are, actually built that submission and then published it down to four to five hours. How, how might this change the way decision-making works within a company? Is, is there any sense that this is actually allowing companies to make better decisions, be more strategic in their thinking? Um, I think the biggest impact that we'll see is on um, some of the safety reporting. As, as you, you know, obviously critical um, to development of any product and maintenance on a on the market is is really the safety profile. And as we've been um, moving into some more rare diseases, and you know, in the recent examples with uh, COVID nineteen treatments where people are moving extremely quickly to try and find a treatment. 
um, safety becomes all important and you need to monitor it real time. And you know, as we discussed at the beginning, when you have information flowing in from multiple different sources, looking at the signals that they are showing you in a real time basis will help you make decisions on the safety of your drug and uh, how fast you can bring that to market. I mean, if you think about some of the promises we're hearing about vaccine development for uh, coronavirus at the moment, um, they will need to have really clear safety information on a real-time basis to be able to um, assess that um, and get the market, get the manufacturing started and out to market as soon as we have something that's effective. And to what extent does the system actually learn as it goes? And have you seen it improve the way it does things? So I think the best example of that is around NLP. And um, so our NLP engine absolutely does that. And, um, you know, it's only as good as the dictionaries that, it, uh, the, that it's built upon. And we have certainly seen significant improvements as it, uh, as it gets familiar with the terminology, understands its usages. When you say NLP, you're talking about natural language processing? Correct. Building that into the tools. It's still early days for artificial intelligence and machine learning. How transformational do you think this type of technology will be to the way drug companies operate throughout their operations? Um, well, so we've seen it applied in a number of areas uh, uh, in drug companies. I mean, from the bench through to post-marketing and um, even, you know, accessing and analyzing patient and medical records. But, uh, you know, I think for the compliance area, this is transformational, given that there is so much um, administrative work that it requires, you know, uh, assessing information, uh, interrogating information and data sources, um, which really are growing exponentially. And, and I think one key area that you see is, you know, the explosion of the use of um, connected devices, whether it's from watches or wearables of some description, that is going to vastly increase the information flow. Um, and in all of those things, you have to be able to look for signals. And it is impossible to achieve that from a, uh, with just a human capital. You have to use intelligence to drive that uh, and pick up these safety signals. Otherwise, would get missed. Ronan Brown, Senior Vice President and Head of Integrated Global Compliance for Acubia. Ronan, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.